0: We read about the martyrs for Christ in Revelation 6, verses 9 to 11. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them, that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren, who would be killed as they were, was completed. Welcome to Souls Under the Altar, a program that reviews the stories of gods persecuted from the past and the present. Your host for this program is Etienne McClintock.
1: Dear listener... Welcome to the program, I'm delighted to have your company Thank you for joining me again today And I have a very special program because in the studio I have a special guest That's come over from Malaysia and Indonesia Now this gentleman's name is Omar Omar, welcome to the program Thank you very much It's lovely to have you here Now I understand you were born in Malaysia Yes But you live in Indonesia at the moment Yes So perhaps you can just tell us why are you living in Indonesia as opposed to living in Malaysia
2: Okay, first of all, thank you very much. Uh, I was a born Muslim, born a Muslim, uh, yes. Yeah, and then uh, I got, to, I met my wife in Malaysia, mm. and she's Christian, and I was Christian before I met her. Okay. So uh, the reason why we end up in in, in Indonesia is because uh, I have this uh, Muslim identity. Okay. So which uh, in government I have to go through the Muslim way of getting my marriage legal. Ah. And then, then one, one scripture that I hold very strongly in my heart, Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my father and his angel. Yes. So that becomes my stronghold. And I don't even want to compromise, not even a second in my in my thought.
1: Yes, I understand. So mm. if you had to go down and get the, the legal route to get the, the marriage uh, legalized, mm. you would have to deny your Christian religion and do it as a Muslim.
2: Yes, you are right.
1: Wow, okay, so because you didn't want to do that, it was easier to go to Indonesia, and your wife is from Indonesia?
2: Uh, my wife from Indonesia, okay. and we settled down, we got married in the church secretly, mm-hmm. uh, in the church back in Malaysia, and after two years, when, when we decided to have children, so that's how, that's when we uh, fly over to Indonesia and start all over again.
1: Okay, so is it easier as a Christian that's converted from Islam in Indonesia than it is in Malaysia? Uh, Actually,
2: actually, yeah, it's similar because it's not that easy. Because in Malaysia, we are facing the government, Mm. but in Indonesia, we are facing the community.
1: Okay, so it's radical Islam, individuals and groups in Indonesia, but in Malaysia, because 60% of the country for the Muslim population is under Sharia law.
2: Yes, you are right.
1: Yes. Wow. Okay. So... Maybe start back, uh, you were
2: born in Malaysia, you were born to a Muslim family? Yes, I was a born Muslim family. Okay. And then, yeah, and then uh, since uh, I was always been bombarded by my family, because my family, uh, they are very staunch Muslim. Yes. They are very uh, fanatic and, you know, and I always want to be a good Muslim. You, you wanted to be a good one. A good okay. one, yeah. And uh, they've been bombard me uh, in a way like uh, they say, uh, when you cross over age of seven years old. So uh,
1: seven years old, that's when you cross over?
2: Uh, before I cross over, I was okay. almost seven years old. Okay. They say, when you pass, uh, cross over seven years old, you must be responsible to Allah. Mm. So whatever you're wrongdoing, everything will be recorded. Mm. So if you don't write, do the right thing before Allah, he is going to put you in hell. Right. Yeah.
1: Okay, so Islam also teaches hell. Yes. Okay, and so what did that do to you as a young six, seven-year-old boy?
2: Uh, So they put me, uh, especially my mother, she always uh, teach me how to read the Quran. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was very stressed because whenever I make a mistake, uh, she will cane me, literally. She will cane you? Uh, Yeah, she will cane me. Wow, okay.
1: Yeah. But you saw that discipline as also that God would stand there as an exacting judge and waiting almost to punish you, and if you got got it wrong, mm. you will end up in hell.
2: Yes, yes. Okay. So that, uh, it become really a trauma. It's really pressured me. It's so a lot
1: of trauma for a young kid to go through, yes. Yeah. Yeah, the thoughts yeah. of hell would be terrible. It's it scary for,
2: for adults. And I can tell you, if, uh, if all the, the Muslim today were to hear this, they agree with me. Mm. Because everybody went through that torture. You know? Right. Yeah. So I always questioned a lot. I, I I asked Allah, I say, Allah, you must show me yourself. Yes. Because And then I said, you don't blame me if I end up in hell. Because I don't know who do I need to worship to. Mm. So this is was like a, a, my prayer. So I okay. still remember in one evening I was playing football with my cousin I was very happy because I scored one goal. Yes. No, just like we are celebrating World Cup. <laughs> so I'm quite excited and happy and but at the same time and the word that came in again and said, Don't be over happy, don't be overjoyed. Remember whatever you are if you do wrong, you will end up in hell.
1: So that dampened your enthusiasm for the enjoyment you had as a young kid with sco- scoring a goal while playing soccer. You mm. thought if you're too happy that might be wrong too. Ah yes. Oh, okay. Um, so there was a lot of conflicting thoughts going on in your young mind
2: when you were growing up. Yeah. Mm. So in Islam, I, I see that there's no joy. There's no love. There's no mercy. Okay. So I, I, I don't feel anything when I go to uh, the mosque to pray everything. I, I, I feel nothing. Mm. So um, so uh, after a few months, one of my cousins, she invited me. She asked me of favor to, to join her to church. Oh, so you had a Christian cousin. I got a Christian cousin. That is another long story. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. So what happened? I said, okay, I, I want to go. I really love to go. And she also know the the risks because if my f- mother find out, I will be in big trouble.
1: Okay, so you knew that you shouldn't go to the Christian church even at the age. This is about seven
2: years old, Yes, uh, yes. Okay. But finally, I just decided, okay, I said, yes, I will go and we quietly go to the church. Mm. And I end up in the church and majority is Chinese people. Okay. But they are Chinese-English speaking.
1: Mm. And this is Malaysia. Yes, Mm. yes. Okay. So a lot of the people who are not Malay and are not Muslim, they can practice their religion, but they're not allowed to convert other people. Because mm. it's illegal. Yes. yes. Okay, exactly. so you go to church there, and what's your experience there? Was it a, a get,
2: bad experience or a good experience? Uh, I can say bad and good, but it's more good than bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because the first thing uh, when I uh, step into the church, uh, I cannot hide my identity because everybody knows I'm a Malay and they know that I'm a Muslim. A Muslim, okay. And, you know, it's like in a way that like I'm disturbing them. Mm, mm. So, but uh, when I start to walk into the church... And uh, I just I don't feel distracted. In spite of all their looks, everything I I don't feel you know uh, intimidated. I I feel the, uh, a kind of courage just came to me, and just I just keep on walking and walk and walk, and I end up in front of the pulpit. I all just next to the pastor. Right. Yeah. You know. I was enjoying the presence of God, the song, the worship. I clapped my hand. Even mm. though I cannot speak uh, English properly, I cannot pronounce. So this was an English church service. English. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, when you walked in there and
1: you've just felt the presence of God, did you know this was the presence of God or you just felt different? Okay, I
2: just felt different. Yes. Because I said I never felt this in most. Okay, so you felt
1: joy. You had the fruit. It's oh. almost like the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, and peace. Is that the feelings that you can describe it
2: like that? Oh, yes. Wow. I, and my, my hair all go, uh, go goosebumps, you know. I, I just feel so good, so refreshed. Just from coming into the church? Yeah, coming into the church.
1: Wow, but you've never picked up a Bible, never heard about Jesus up to that point in time?
2: Uh, yes. Wow, never. okay. Uh, I still remember the first song that uh, we sing. Our Lord God, Thou hast made the heavens and the earth by Thy great power, Oh,
1: okay. you still <laughs> remember the song I talking remember. about
2: God as the creator? Mm, yeah.
1: Wow, wonderful. So, okay, you go to church, but you do it secretly because you don't want your mum to find out.
2: Mm, yeah.
1: And then what happens? Uh, do you keep on going to church? Or I
2: go the second time yes. and press the lot and. Uh, I mean, all okay. I still feel the joy of God, mm. even though the pastor was preaching a very hard message. Oh, really? It was a hard, convicting message? Yeah, and all the congregation was very silent. Mm. And I and only my cousin, we were just love and love and love.
1: So you, were happy, you were happy, and you were, you were you just had the joy of the Lord there because this is an experience that you asked when you were a Muslim. You were asking Allah to give you experience with Him, and you couldn't have it. But now you mm. go to a Christian church, mm. And you just feel different, and you just feel the
2: joy of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> okay, right. Interesting. Wonderful. So what happened? So you, you keep on going to church. Uh, okay, the third time I go to church. Third time, And yes. this time I've been caught by my mother. Oh, your mother catches you. And she got very, very, very angry. Mm. She aggressively, uh, she stripped me off. She removed all my clothes. Yes. Everything, there was nothing. Mm. And then she bound me with a, with a rope. Yes. And she tied me on the tree. Yes. It's just like a barbecue that ready to be, you know, yes. ready to be smoked. Wow. And she began to beat me up mm. for nearly one hour. She beat you for nearly one hour. In and you're only a seven-year-old boy. Yes, in front of my cousin and before the publics. Oh, out in the open. Oh, yeah. And my mother, she's very big size, you know. When she beat me up, she really, she I, I can say is, it's, no mother will beat a son like that. Mm. Mm-mm.
1: Wow. So what what yeah. happened after that? Did you stop going to church?
2: Uh, after that, uh, again, uh, at night time, I got beaten again. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, this time she tied me on the window and she began to whack me for five, ten minutes. Then she go to sleep. She woke up and she whacked me again. She go to sleep again. And this just happened several times. Mm. And uh, that become very fearful to me. And I become trauma to go to church. Yes. So I stopped going to church for some time.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. So... Um, what happens, how long do you stay away from church? It's about eight years. About eight years. So yeah. what happens during that time?
2: Uh, during eight years and uh, one fine day, Jesus came into my dream. She, really? Yes, Jesus.
1: You had a dream about Jesus? Uh, yeah. Okay, how did you know it was Jesus?
2: It was uh, glorious. He, he don't even mention his name, but uh, he came with a rope, and he was... His full, his countenance was full with uh, love, with joy, mercy, grace, mm. and his eye was f- so full of love. You know? Wow! Uh, when I saw him in that dream, I know he was—he is Jesus. So the, the the person you saw in your dream, you associated with the Christian
1: religion. He didn't associate it with Islam. Yes. Because you just knew because it was a different vision of what you saw Christianity when you went to church that three times Mm. versus what you experienced from your home religion.
2: Yeah, you are exactly right. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So
1: what blows me away is that often when I speak to people who have become Christians who used to be Muslims – uh, lots of them have had dreams about Jesus, and mm-hmm. they meet Jesus and they just cannot remember Jesus. Of, mm-hmm. Even though of people in Australia who have had dreams like that, who dream about Jesus, and somehow the Lord, through dreams, is reaching the Muslim community. So mm-hmm. uh, did you have any other dreams subsequent to that?
2: Uh, yes, I got. So even though I go back to the first one again, Okay. Uh, the, uh, I, I open up my, my hands, and Jesus poured out gold over my hand. Jesus pours gold, gold on your hands. And that gold like go over 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 overflow. It overflows. Overflows. And uh the moment when when I recall gold, the word that Jesus Christ said, Blessed are those who are pure in heart. So the gold represented purity of heart. Ah, pure heart, for they shall see God. Oh,
1: yeah. wow. Well that's interesting. You know, in the Bible it talks to the Laodicean church, which is the seventh church in the book of Revelation, and this is a lukewarm church. And God says to them, you don't know that you're poor. I counsel of you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. Amen. So that is gold has been purified. And you're saying a pure heart was represented by the gold. Amen. So you knew as a young child that's what the gold represented. So it wasn't about being rich physically. It was about spiritual riches, which is a pure heart.
2: Amen. Because the pure in heart will see God. Amen. Even Matthew, wow. even Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all his righteousness. Amen. For all these things shall be added, added unto you. you. yes, yeah. Matthew six thirty-three. Mm. Another. So another occasion o- of the dream I would like to share about Jesus. Yes. I was in fear uh, not long ago, few, back a few years ago. Yes. And Jesus came to a dream, and this time he hugged me. He hugged you? I, I dreamt Jesus six times, but this time he hugged me. And he tapped behind my uh, my the shoulder, your my back? shoulder and yeah. he said in English, "Do not be afraid, do not be afraid." He said it in English. Mm. Yeah, wow. And then he kissed my forehead. Mm. And then uh, after that, he just uh, go off. It's just about like three o'clock in the morning. Mm. When I woke up, I just feel heaven. My room is literally like heaven. Mm. I I just every movement, no, I can just feel him. Like wow, it's like I, you can't describe it
1: I can't describe it Yeah well, mm. So you've had six dreams Where the Lord has, uh, has come to you In, in your dreams Well mm. yeah. oh, praise the Lord So you, You've had some of these dreams When you are a young boy That first one there When God just pours gold on you And you know what it represents The purity of heart So you need a pure heart Because you were told By your parents That you need to be a good boy Or your Allah will throw you in hell mm. But here God says to you If you have a pure heart You will
2: see me But you look at it differently what, What's different? Uh, different. I can hear his voice, I can feel his presence. So whenever I'm I, I'm in fear, I just call upon him. He just he's just there.
1: Amen. Okay, beautiful. Now, um, what happens subsequent to that in your life?
2: And then, uh, okay, I lost my mom at the age of ten. Actually, my mom disappeared. I don't know where she went. She she just disappeared. disappeared. You still don't know what's happened to her? I don't know what happened to her. So that really gave me a freedom. You know, to go to church. Okay. And then uh, another good news is, uh, my father, two years before he passed away, I shared the gospel to him, and he opened his heart and he received Jesus. Really, your dad did. Oh, yeah. praise the Lord. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, uh, what? Uh, how old was your dad? How old were you when your dad passed
2: away? I was uh, sixteen years old. Sixteen. Yeah.
1: Okay, so your mum disappeared when you were 10 and then your dad passed away when you were 16. Mm. So at that stage, you had come back to church?
2: Uh, yes, I come back to church. Okay, so what brought you back to church? Uh, I just feel longing to be there. Mm. You know, whenever I step into the church, I remove, literally I remove my shoes mm. and I will kiss the, the, the stone before I walk in. Really? Because I know this is the presence of God. And every time, every morning, I will feel His presence powerfully, mm. powerfully. Yeah, I was very poor. I was dead poor. Poor. I don't even have, I only have like two teachers and one shot. Hmm. But no, that never stopped me to go to church. Okay. Praise the Lord. Yeah.
1: So um, you you start going to church, you start attending the church. Yeah. And obviously you're a person that studies the Bible because you're quoting scripture. Yeah. So um, the, the word of God played a role in your life as well. So you obviously have the presence of the Lord. You have the dreams. Um, you have the Holy Spirit, and now you have the Word. So t- tell us a little bit about your experience. Yeah,
2: my experience uh, for the Bible uh, yes. is very interesting because I was very, again, I say I was very dead poor, very poor. Mm. And what I do, I offer the church to clean up the garden. Yes. So I literally clean up the garden and everything, and with my sweat, so that becomes the payment for my Bible, King James Version.
1: Oh, they give you an English Bible, a King James Bible. <laughs> Yeah. Is that right, sir? So you earned the Bible by working in, at the church and cleaning up their garden. Yeah, wow. So you had you had a Bible before that, or access to the Bible?
2: Uh no. So that was my first Bible, and the way I keep my Bible is just like keeping gun. You no, know, like that, people are keeping something. Yes, yes. Because it's very dangerous. Uh oh, to have a Bible is very yeah. dangerous.
1: So you had to hide that and. Um, I did. So when you read that, you can't read your Bible in public. That would be uh, that would be very dangerous to do.
2: Yeah, very dangerous. There is only two places where uh, I mean where I, I feel safe. One is in the church. Hmm. Another one, I will read my Bible in the cemetery, Christian cemetery. Okay. Uh, and then uh, and then during night time, I will read in my uh, in my room. Okay. But I will put up candle. So how old were you when you got the, this Bible? I, I got this Bible around the age of fourteen. 14,
1: and you were reading by candlelight in your house mm, at night. Yes. Okay, so was there electricity in the house? Yes, it was. But you electric. weren't using the the the, the, the light? The uh, light switch.
2: No, no, because uh, my grandmother, my uncle and auntie, they, they know that I'm like involving in Christian things. Yes. So whenever I switch on the light, they will come and they will check on me and then sometimes they just bang the door. Okay. So that's how I end up using But, I but use they were still candle. Muslim
1: and... And they wouldn't be happy with you reading the Bible? Yeah.
2: They are very strong Muslim. Okay.
1: So you have to read a candlelight and hide what you're doing. Yes.
2: Mm. In fact, after they find out that I'm Christian, they say, I say, Omar, you can leave the house because you are no longer one of us. Oh so they get you out of the house. Ah yes.
1: Mm. So um you're you're reading a candlelight, um and then during the day you you're doing some work?
2: Yeah, I do some work. Mm.
1: So the, the the word of God is very precious to you that you prepare to l- read by candlelight because I know some people sometimes are saying if you read books by candlelight it's not good
2: for the eyes you know so. yeah <laughs> yeah but I I just uh, read the word and then also I write down every word because I I prepare myself hmm. because I I say hey I need to get prepared because I any time I can be end up in prison so because of that I said hey I better re- memorize more songs. song so you memorize Christian song Christian songs and, and also the Bible the scripture. So because I say if I end up in prison, I can always have my church service. <laughs> well, it's so because
1: you can go on your memory, you can quote scripture, you can yeah. sing your songs. Yeah. Okay, praise the Lord. You know, Bible memorization is very important, you know, and if you don't have access to the Word, if you've hidden it in your mind or hidden in your heart, um, you can still recall it and still worship God, even, you know, with the Word that comes from the memory. Wonderful. Me. So uh, your life uh, then
2: develops from there. What 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 happens next? And uh, the the next thing that happened, that I I feel this very strong call, a uh, responsibility to bring the gospel, mm. but not uh, at first not to my people because my people are very. I mean, I'm talking about the Muslim people. Yes, I'm a bit afraid, but I'm not afraid to share the gospel to the Chinese, to Indian, to you know, yes. a, a, anybody mm. except my own race. Okay, so
1: the God called you to share the gospel, so you start sharing it with the other mm. communities within. Uh, uh, Malaysia,
2: mm. okay, yeah. But as I kept on uh, sharing the word and the spirit of the Lord gave me that, that strength, that power, boldness, and I even begin to reach out to my people.
1: Okay, yeah. And that, I, uh, but that's more dangerous. Yeah, more because that's less. not legal; it's yeah. illegal to uh, to convert a, a Muslim. Yeah, well, you can convert the other people, no problem. Yeah, no In problem. Malaysia, but not uh, a Muslim. Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. Like, like the beloved uh, Richard Wimbram said. Uh, doing the works of God is dangerous not doing it is more dangerous that is so true yeah, yeah. so
1: especially in those countries where there's no freedom religious freedom to that extent mm. it's dangerous to do the works mm. of the Lord but you're saying if you don't work that's actually more dangerous to your soul isn't yeah. it? Yeah.
2: What Richard said. It's okay, true. Those, are, those are very true words yeah. mm. as I begin to uh, press on share the gospel to the Tamil people to the Chinese and suddenly I got that boldness to share to my people Okay, and then uh, quite a numbers of my people are quite, quite poor. So what we do, we bring grocery and. Okay, so the poor people,
1: you you meet their needs, their physical needs, so bringing yeah. grocery and that, and then they open to hear the, the gospel.
2: Yeah, open. Well, that's how inch,
1: Jesus yeah. worked as well. He healed a lot of people. He provided for the needs, and then they were willing to listen to him present mm, the yeah. gospel. That's that's Jesus' yeah. methods. Beautiful.
2: Yeah, I would end up sharing the gospel in the mosque. <laughs> You share the gospel in the mosque? <laughs> yeah. That would be very dangerous, wouldn't it? Yeah, very dangerous, very, very dangerous.
1: So you got to just, you got to obviously listen to the Holy Spirit saying this is a person to share with and that's not a person to share mm. with. Is that how it works? Or?
2: Yes. Mm.
1: So what happens when you share the gospel in the mosque?
2: After I share, they open their heart, they listen to the gospel. Mm. And then also I uh, we practically uh, pray for people and people got healed. You prayed in the mosque oh, and people got healed. I got
1: healed. So is it like they were physically sick?
2: Or? Uh, he's, uh, one of these old men, he's got a very bad cataract. Cataracts in his yes. eyes. So when I pray for him and, you know, immediately, less than one, two minutes, the thing all gone. The cataract disappeared and he, he disappeared. could see. And his wife, that's his wife. He said, hey, my husband, he can't see really good, no? But after your prayer, something happened. <laughs> Well, praise the Lord.
1: So the Lord is performing miracles even there to support Miracle. the sharing of the gospel yeah. in those difficult circumstances.
2: Yeah. And more powerful, the the Spirit of the Lord told me and put in my heart, he said, he said, he said son, I want you to bless this man. Mm. So I take out some of the money and just bless, you know, as a seed. Yes. And he got shocked because usually when they go and meet a doctor or witch doctor, you know, they will pay to get the healing.
1: Uh, okay, so people go to witch doctors there.
2: Oh uh, yes, but really? this is the other round, and they okay, got so healing, and, got they healing got and they got healing, and they got a blessing on top of that. Instead of some, having them having
1: to pay, they got some money from you. Uh, they got some cash. Unbelievable! <laughs> mm, I praise the Lord. Yeah. Well, our, our God is a merciful God, you know, and mm. uh, the Bible tells us, I think it's in Romans chapter 2 and verse 4, mm. that we are not to despise the long-suffering and forbearance of the Lord because mm. it's the goodness of oh, God that leads, that leads us
2: to repentance. Amen. Yeah. yeah. And uh, many more challenges also. I, went. Mm. I, I mean, I've been chased by the police. A few cars chased me. Yes. And how the Lord protect me, hide me, you know. Mm. You know, Psalm 91 say. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Yes. I will say the Lord is my refuge and my fortress, in whom I put my trust. Yes. Under the shelter, so I experienced the, the protection of, the, of Lord the Lord many, many, many times. Is that right? Yeah. Mm. For me to sit here to speak to you, is a miracle. Is that right? Well, we're grateful that you've come here. You're
1: actually come to to share part of your story mm-hmm. with a program run by Voice of the Martyrs. Mm. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of persecution uh, in the countries where you are, in Indonesia and also in Malaysia. Malaysia, uh, at the moment, there's obviously Sharia law, but it's not as strictly enforced at times. Sometimes it's hit and miss. Sometimes they will enforce it. Sometimes they won't. But in Indonesia where you work, there's a lot of extremist people, and it's very risky. I mean, I know just recently, wasn't there um,
2: uh, bombings well, yes.
1: of, of churches and, and uh, suicide yes. bombers that went and blew themselves up during church services?
2: I guess it Surabaya, yes. How oh, it happened, yeah. Wow. And, and, and we also, Christians in, in Russia, also take a uh, very precautious mm. of all this, uh, because anything can happen. Okay. And I, I even told my wife, because sometimes I'm not around, I told my wife, we need to be careful, because I was from there. I know their heart. Yeah. They can just turn, turn instantly, you know? Yes, yes.
1: Mm. Wow, okay. So um, is the gospel uh, being accepted by many people there? Because yeah, it, it's, it's so dangerous, you think that people would not want to hear something that might cost them their life, physical yeah, life.
2: Yeah. But uh, but many of them, they come uh, quietly, you know, they come into the church. Okay. And, and we're then, talking about the underground church? Uh, yeah, underground church. Even yes. some of the Muslim background people, mm. they go to the literally open church. Okay. So they go secretly or they go late, you know, they were just purposely... Uh, go a bit late to join the service, mm. and so that people will not, you know, they will not get any attention from attention, people. Attention, right? So that's right. how uh, they get the the service. The right. Service. Okay.
1: So, what are your big needs over there as far as the gospel and sharing the gospel is concerned? What What's the biggest threat, and what are the biggest needs?
2: The the biggest threat that uh, any time we anything can happen to us. Mm. So that's where uh, we thank God for VOM who, who have come, especially Australia, who have been such a Great blessing. I mean, right. Uh, and then because there's a cases back two years ago, and all my friends, and about four of them missing. They've disappeared. D- disappeared. They got adopt, uh, adopted. Kidnapped? Uh, kidnapped. Yes. And disappeared. And you've
1: never seen them since? Never they seen them. don't anything. know what's happened to them? I don't and know. And they were Christians? They were Christians. Wow. And okay.
2: this possibility also, this is also possible can happen to me, okay. <laughs> to us who are the background MBBs. Mm. especially for those who are reaching out to the Muslim.
1: Yeah. Well, we pray that God would, would, would protect you and bless you, and obviously you're claiming the promises of the Word of God, that He will look after you and and keep you and, and help you share the gospel. You know, in, mm-hmm. in a country where we live, where there's religious freedom, mm-hmm. um, we have a different kind of Christian experience here compared to you. But as I've been talking to Voice of the Martyrs, they tell me about the experiences of the people there where they talk about raw Christianity, where people, when they become a Christian, Mm-mm. they know they could lose their life for just being a Christian and accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. In our country, it doesn't happen. So quite often people will come for different reasons. It might be come because of prosperity gospel. might be because of a social gospel. But ultimately, the gospel is preaching the cross of Jesus Christ taking up your cross, denying yourself, taking up your cross and following Jesus. Omar, I want to thank you very much for the short time that you've been able to spend here with us to tell us your testimony and your work. We pray that God will continue to bless you you. and may the Holy Spirit empower the message of the word that you are sharing over there. Dear listener, thank you for joining us today on Souls Under the Altar. We look forward to catching up with you next time. God be with you.
0: Thank you for joining us on Souls Under the Altar. If you'd like more information about today's program or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 0249733456 or you can send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you.